Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Monday, everyone, and welcome into the Gramlick and McLean podcast. Eric McLean, another ridiculous, absurd, crazy week in ACC football. Y'all can say what you want about ACC football, but you can't say it's predictable because <laughs> it never is. And there's a top 10 team in the league right now with Wake Forest, only at number 10, which is kind of silly. We'll see what happens with the playoff rankings coming out on Tuesday, Mac, but Another weekend where it, you just scratch your head and you're like, what the heck happened? Some teams have three teams. Some teams have two teams. Some leagues have one team. And we have one. And we have our knight in shining armor. Go Deeks. The Deeks. The Demon Deeks. Um, it was a great weekend, KG. And I'm right there with you. The one thing that you can confidently say each and every week about the ACC is that there is going to be chaos and there is going to mm-hmm. be anarchy and there is going to be things that there, you did not think were possible, and they're going to happen. Miami, I'm looking dead at you in the face right now. You kind of are making me mad, but I'm happy for the future. Because where was this? I'm just thinking of what could have been, honestly. Miami, did you think football season started October 1st? <laughs> I'm just kind of confused. Oh, that, oh. Why didn't we that, start DVD was, from the jump, low-key? Like, what the that heck? That was the mix-up, KG. They thought October calendar. 1st. It's always a calendar, yeah, Matt. It'll get you. It'll get you. But Wake Forest, number 10, AP poll, first time ever. That is the last time, guys, we will ever reference the AP poll. Finally, tomorrow night, the big one comes out. And KG, it's going to be really interesting to see what that poll looks like, what these rankings look like, because I have a little inkling of an idea. I think it's going to be really different. I don't think Cincinnati's going to be two. I think Wake Forest is going to be higher than 10. Um, Michigan State higher, perhaps? I think Michigan State should be higher. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see because I think this committee will make a big statement with how they view this season, how what's important to them. Um, and that's also been a really fun thing these last couple of years, really since 2014, is to find, okay, you know, this committee really likes this. And we'll figure that out in two or three weeks once these rankings keep coming out. So I'm excited. I cannot wait. We'll probably touch on it big in our Wednesday episode just to kind of break all that down or on Friday for sure. So But let's break down this weekend, KG, a bunch of great games. Max, so many great games. All right, let's start with Miami. We were just talking about them and their split personality disorder. It's kind of the way I would put it. September was a very different Miami. October, brand new Miami. What is November Miami going to look like? We have no idea. But they go on the road and they beat number 17 Pittsburgh, 38 to 34. Neither team could run the ball at all. This was a passing fest between TVD, Tyler Van Dyke, and Kenny Pickett, the young and the old. And really, I mean, it was very close at the end. There was that controversial no safety call, which I know we can get into, Mac. I think if I'm going to boil this game down, unfortunately, it was the turnovers for Pittsburgh that I think did them in in a game that was so close and, and so back and forth. The two picks from Kenny Pickett, very uncharacteristic, Mac. Yeah, it really was. And and just kind of overarching thought really quickly here, an amazing game. Yes. And, and you're on the, the edge of your seat the entire time. Miami really just roars out, you know, to a 21-point first quarter, a 31-point first half. And you're just like, oh, my goodness, this is nuts. And and then you have to think, okay, you know, Kenny's going to rally. Kenny's going to figure this thing out and, and get going, which he did. 
Uh, by the way, he had 300 yards passing at halftime. I was just like, man, this kid is dealing. Uh, but just to see Kenny and TVD going back and forth, two fantastic quarterbacks making all kinds of plays, both pushing the ball down the field. It wasn't you know, just dinks and dumps. It was really tight window throws, uh, and, and it was fun to see. I mean, it's kind of like present and future superstars of the league. And, and so just starting with Miami, that's what I'm so interested to see, just the continued growth of this team, the promise of this team that we're going to see moving forward. I mean, Tyler Van Dyke is going to be a superstar if he keeps this up, which that's all we've seen these past couple of weeks is, is that he is confident, he is prepared, he knows what he's looking at, and he can dissect defense. And then, of course, young sophomore or freshman, however he wants to handle this COVID year, and Jalen Knighton, I mean, that that's a great nucleus to have around. And then Xavier Restrepo, Keyshawn Smith, that wide receiver. I mean, this offense, it looks for real. And if you guys remember preseason, we were like, okay, this could be one of the most explosive offenses in the country, not the conference. And then they just you know, had a tough start. Derrick King gets hurt. They're figuring out who they want to be. Who are we? What are we going to do? And now we're starting to see this offense that we expected, that we really thought that we might see. And I also have to give kudos to the defense, KG. Those guys are playing much improved. They're tackling at a way better clip. I mean, I don't know if they just watched educational videos for six days straight or what. Uh, but those guys are, yeah, they're <laughs> getting it. after it. They got after Kenny Pickett. That's the first time all year we'd seen him sacked the way he was against the Hurricanes. And it really impacted this game. Came down with two great interceptions. That great play by Tyreek Stevenson. Just honestly, it wasn't a bad pass by Kenny. It was just a better play by Tyreek and, and just really came down with it. And then the second one, I would love to know what happened because I don't mm-hmm. know, was it? looks like it was a miscommunication. For sure it was that, but who who miscommunicated? Like, was it right, the wrong right. route? Did Kenny see something that he shouldn't have? Uh, because it really looked like Jordan was running a clear post and Kenny might have thought he was keeping it, you know, kind of skinny, almost kind of a seam. And uh, it almost, it reminded me a lot of that Ohio State play and Clemson in that playoff a couple of yes. years ago. Just, I mean, have all the momentum. You're going down, you're marching to win the game, and then it's just like, oh, my gosh, what a weird you know, kind of way to end. So a great job of Miami capitalizing. But to move to Pittsburgh, super disappointing. I mean, still conference-wise, future, everything you want right out in front of you. Keep going. You're in the driver's seat for the Coastal. Uh, you're just sharing that driver's seat right now with Virginia. Uh, but Kenny Pickett's still a special player. Some people saying he's out of the Heisman. I don't think there's any – Thing close to that. I mean, he has three picks for the entire year. He just threw a career record 519 yards. He just broke uh, the Pitt all-time scoring record. He just broke the uh, Pitt single-game record. So he's balling at another level. And remember, guys, that's an individual award. Definitely. I agree, Mac. And I want to ask you about the safety or the lack of a safety in your opinion late in the game. Was that a safety? Did Pitt tackle Miami in the end zone. So at all the views that we had available TV wise, I said, yes, I said it was a safety. He didn't get out. There were some camera angles that were blocking. Like it was so weird. Refs, the refs were in the were way. in the way of every angle, every, every insane. angle or like the, a marker was in the way. It was so weird. And so I think spooky. if they would have called safety, it was spooky. I think if they would have called a safety, it would not have been overturned. Right. I think it would have stood, right. which is super unfortunate. For Pittsburgh, But then today, actually, a fan hit me up on Twitter, sent me this picture that I think another fan took uh, from the sideline, and he's clearly out. 
And so it, it's just, I hadn't seen that all, all day, you know, on Saturday or Sunday. And so it's crazy to look at that, but I think it was the correct call. Uh, but just really unfortunate for Pittsburgh that it, that it came down to what they think is is questionable. Well, and it would have changed the game, but it's not like a safety would have won you the game. You'd still would have to go score again. Right. So I'll keep that in mind for Miami. And just one more thing, Mac. TVD, Tyler Van Dyke in his last two games. NC State, 25 of 33 for 325. Four touchdowns, no picks. Against Pitt, 32 of 42 for 426. Three touchdowns and a pick. Insane. His last two games, and those are two of the better teams in the ACC. NC State has a very good defense. Pitt's defense has been up and down, but still, you're going against. This is not, it's not like he put up those numbers against Duke and someone else. That's serious right there. Oh, it absolutely is. And that's why I think, I mean, to be quite frank, I think it's saving Manny's job because now their future is there and we can talk about the future. And, and, you know, I, I don't think you or I really thought that Manny should have been fired anyway because I think you have to give people time and then you're just, what are you starting over with? I mean, you're going back three years ago instead of where you are and being able to build if you make that decision. And now I think people are excited about it, or I hope they are, because if you if you mess up this thing, I mean, how silly could that be? So Miami's figured it out. It's going to be interesting to see, do they keep, can they run the table? I mean, they're it's coastal chaos, guys. I'm not saying that it could happen. I'm not saying it can happen. But Miami may play in Charlotte. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh shoot, that would be. Could you imagine that coastal chaos? My goodness. Okay, let's get on to another game that was absolutely chaotic. Clemson beats Florida State thirty to twenty. This game, it was. There's so many ways to describe it. It was silly. It was drunk. Some would say. <laughs> I would say, you know, from a Clemson perspective, if I'm just gonna put my Clemson alumni hat on for a second. It's not even that Clemson won. It's just that Clemson didn't lose to Florida State. Like, to me, that's what matters. You beat Florida State. You haven't lost to Florida State since 2014. And there's a lot of animosity between Clemson and Florida State, for sure. Florida State's been so down. And they're showing strides. But, I mean, that Florida State team, I was thinking this in the stands, Mac. If Clemson lost, it may have been the worst football team that Dabo had ever lost to. 12 first downs in the entire game. Mac, look, Florida State has shown signs, but they flat out could not throw the ball. Like, they had a few big ones. The wheel route was huge. But they're so one-dimensional, and Clemson's defense was shutting them down so much. I just thought, and this is, look, Florida State fans may never listen again. I thought it would be one of the most embarrassing losses that Dabo had ever had. That was my thought. Well, Kelly, if you think they weren't going to listen after what you said, I'm going to put my, you know, Clemson former player hat on for a second, too. I loved what Clemson did to these guys. The fact that all I had been preaching, all I've been talking about, yeah, <laughs> all I've been talking about was Florida State, man, they can run the ball. They're doing it. They're figuring it out. And Clemson said, y'all ain't running nothing. Y'all ain't running the rock anywhere. 65 yards. These guys were averaging 200 plus. Yep. And I absolutely love what I saw from it. All right. Anyway, back to my analyst hat. Uh, Clemson did a really good job defensively, you know, stopping what Florida State wanted to do and run the football uh, and, and did a great job containing Jordan Travis. Jordan Travis had negative four yards. I, I mean, he was just Crazy. not an option for those guys. And, and Clemson did a, did a fantastic job just surrounding him and not letting him be a factor and, and throwing the ball. Had some success, but, but not enough to be a – uh, you know, a, a real factor in this game to where you're thinking, okay, you know, this is something that we can grow upon. This is something that we can do here. 
I will say that one play, the play call to uh, Tofili was unbelievable. It was such a great call. Yes. They got two linebackers caught in traffic. And then for him to have the awareness to say, I'm not down, I'm still going. And then get in the end zone was a really, really good play. Um, there is talent on this team. It's very evident. A bunch of young guys. I think Florida State is going in the right direction, which is great for the ACC, great for Clemson to have this rivalry back to meaningful and, and to be, you know, okay, who wins this game is going to the championship. So clearly not this year, but I think in years to come, it's going to be back to that. And then the, the Tigers, I mean, their best game offensively so far. And I know some people who watch the game, and quite honestly, I got to look you guys in the eye. So many people left. That was embarrassing to see. As a former player, as oh, a two-time graduate of the university, I was I was embarrassed to see that. Um, you know, just the lack of. And I was there. Yeah. I saw it firsthand. We stayed till the end, but um, yeah, I saw it firsthand. People at halftime left and didn't seem like in, in a came game back. that was very close. <laughs> I mean, a good game. Yeah, you're in a battle with your yeah, rival. That was that was embarrassing to see. So guys, uh, be a little bit better than that. But DJ, you know, throwing some strikes, putting some air under the ball, and then you know, resorting back to his old self sometimes. But I think the story of the game is Will Shipley. I think he's really stepping up as yeah. you know this alpha that that Clemson quite frankly needs. You know, Clem- I don't think Clemson has a leader on this team. And, and I think he can step into that role vocally on the field, production-wise. Uh, he, he's going to be a fantastic player for this team and, and for years to come. So it was great to see that. And, and, of course, the defense, the effort that we saw from them was was just unbelievable. I hear what you're saying in that the offensive production was was better. 22 first downs, 377 total yards. That's like as many first yeah, downs as they had all year, Kelly. But yeah, it's unbelievable. I don't know. Maybe I'm just feeling sassy. I mean, it's it's still embarrassing. <laughs> it's still just you have bad. to think. You, you're thinking of it as it's like bad. when Deshaun and Trevor. No, Cohen. I'm you just thinking think of, of it, it as you like you got to know where look, you are. It was improvement. Look, it was improvement. Like you know what you're doing. I mean, the turnovers were incredibly embarrassing. I, the turnovers kept Florida State in the game, and without Will Shipley, you're exactly right, Mac. I don't think Clemson wins it. It was. I'm not – I think from an analyst standpoint, you have to say, yeah, 377 yards, 22 first downs, that's that's better. But I think it's still just so – it's so baffling. It's so baffling how far Clemson's offense has fallen. Yeah. It is unbelievable to me. Yeah. And the well, defense continues to do great things. Yeah, they, they stepped up big time. And, I mean, six sacks, ten tackles for loss. Those guys played really well. And, and Florida State's defense played pretty – Pretty solid as well. They had eleven tackles for loss, and Jermaine Johnson, it's a yeah. bad boy. He he uh, he's going to be a fantastic player. Definitely, I think he's creeping into the first round. Kelly, it'll be interesting to see how he tests. But I think people are going to fall in love with him in, in the pre-draft process, and he's made himself a ton of money. And Xavier Thomas, those two guys. Yes. I mean, wow, they they put on a clinic of you know how to impact the game statistically and just presence wise. I mean, those quarterbacks they felt when those guys were around. Let's get to our next game here, Mac. NC State beats Louisville 28-13. to You picked NC State. I picked Louisville. And I'll tell you, throughout... Say that again. Yeah, you who, picked who you NC pick? State. I picked Louisville. I was watching <laughs> pretty much this whole game when I got back. And up until the end of the third quarter, I was feeling great. I was like, guys, I called this. This is going... This is amazing. And really what happened, I think NC State just kept shooting themselves in the foot a lot throughout the game. They had a lot of penalties. They just couldn't get things going. And on the flip side, 
Louisville was so one-dimensional that after a while, they just could not move the ball. It felt like it was Malik Cunningham, we're going to roll him out. If the first option isn't there, he's going to take it and run it, which is kind of what they've done all year. But Malik was beat up. He was absolutely beat up. For a moment there, we thought he was actually hurt. NC State's defense was all over him. And NC State, once the floodgates opened, they were good to go. But I just felt like Louisville's offense, it was so one-dimensional. After a while, NC State had it completely figured out. Yeah, and really, this was the first team all year that we had seen been able to do the key for the game, contain Malik Cunningham. Right. And, and NC State did a tremendous job. We talked about, okay, are they going to be able to? You know, they're missing a, a, their leader, their best defensive player, and Isaiah Moore, you know, what are they going to be able to do? Drake Thomas said, hey, buddy, uh, I'm good. I got this. 15 mm-hmm. total tackles, two sacks, two and a half uh, tackles for loss, a passed breakup. I mean – he balled out. That that was probably the best game from a linebacker I've seen this season. And a guy that just said took ownership and said, this is my team, this is my defense, I'm going to hold it down. And, and was very impressed with what he was able to do. Devin Leary, I mean, just, it's so strange how it's like under the radar that he is just balling. And, and really, he doesn't. He He's just a fantastic player and went nuts in the fourth quarter, delivering strikes, four touchdowns. They got vertical. That was a big thing we talked about all last week. Throw the ball down the field. And it was great to see that. Now, I, I we need to see the running game for NC State pick up, especially with this offensive line and what we expect to see from them. I know they have an injury at left guard, so they have some guys moving around. But you know, just with Knight and Person Jr., you, you expect more from those guys than you know 20 yards and 21 yards on a combined nearly 20 carries. So they've got to get more production out of that. Figure that out. Don't be one-dimensional. That's how you lose games. But the biggest thing that I thought, KG, with that defense, was that when you look at the stat sheet, it only says there was one turnover. And that, in my opinion, is not true. Kelly, if you don't convert on fourth down, what is it called? What are you doing? Yeah, you you turn the ball over. On downs. They had three of those. On downs, yeah. for three. When you miss a field goal. should. You're right, When you miss a field goal, that's a turnover. So really, Louisville had five turnovers where they gave the ball right back to NC State, and we said, look, if they do that, they will not be able to keep up. They, they just can't. When you get to this level of competition, you're not able to. And so great job by NC State, rallying, huge fourth quarter. I think you saw a lot of heart and a lot of guts from those guys. Um, you know, Clearly not where they want to be driver's seat-wise, but you know, still can control a lot of their future. They play Wake Forest uh, and, and can certainly end up in Charlotte if they win out. They do control their own destiny. They just got to beat Wake. I mean, that's the bottom line. Exactly. And, of course, beat everyone else, that that too. Uh, what I love about Drake Thomas, Mac, have you ever – I know you played some defense in high school, correct? Yeah, defensive okay. man. I was, Did I was you a ever, beast. <laughs> well, of course, Mac. Excuse me. Did you ever paint your face like he does? No, no, no. All the black everywhere. That I, just seems like a lot. I, I, said I, I said I was a beast, not a psychopath. Those guys are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I when see some see of those guys, like I'm that, just like, whoa, like, dude, stay from, away. As an O-line, as an O-lineman, when you see a guy like that, you're like, this guy, something's a little off. He's either going to. And in a good way from a football perspective. He's either going to hit me really hard or this guy's like, you know, typical wear 80 bands, put paint on my face, and you're just going to crush him. So it's really one of the two. It's never either in way. the middle, which is risky. I mean, you go after that guy and then he smacks you right in the face. You're like, oh, my gosh, look out for him for the rest of the game. Psycho. Yeah, seriously. Okay, let's get to our last game. Speaking of, of our psycho, here you go. 
This game, okay, game awesome. no. If if Clemson, Florida State was drunk, this game was like absolutely wasted. It, this game had no idea what was going on. This game was stupid. BYU beats Virginia 66 to 49. Basketball season has begun. I didn't know the Wahoos were traveling out to yeah. Utah to yeah, play exactly. Brigham Young. 66 to 49. <laughs> I, I hope people took the over here because what on earth? <laughs> it, it was crazy, Mac, because UVA spotted BYU 21 points. But then they led at halftime, which is insane. <laughs> and eventually, I think the turnovers in the second half were too much for Virginia to come back from. But what an absurd football game, Mac. It was nuts, KG. We, so we had just wrapped up the show, and I looked at the, the – we have like a little six box in the studio. We had just got done, and you're not – I mean, you kind of are looking over there, not really, because you, you know, you're trying to pay attention and have good conversation. I look at the screen and it is seven to twenty eight and the second quarter just started. I was like, what is happening? What? And then I drive back to the hotel and it's thirty-five to thirty-eight. I'm just like, what, <laughs> what is going on? How am I missing all of this stuff? And then luckily, oh you know, I got to see at least one or two more Virginia touchdowns. And then, you know, unfortunately, Brennan Armstrong gets hurt. Feel so bad for that young man. And that's that's what we were worried about, Kelly. That was our biggest yep. thing preseason. It, when you you kind of say, okay, watch out for this for this team, you know, just when you rely on the quarterback so much, um, injuries are a real possibility. He had eleven carries, he had two touchdowns, ninety four yards rushing, and then I think it was actually on a sack, which it it would look so weird. It it like it wasn't he didn't land and crush his rib, but he just got right up and was like, my ribs broken. Like I feel this. It does not feel good. And, you know, I hope it comes back and that's not the case and he doesn't have to miss a ton of time just because of the unbelievable season that he is having right now. Uh, just became the single season uh, passing leader for Virginia, passed by Bryce Perkins in this game, uh, but still a ton in front of him and a ton for this team. These guys controlled their destiny. When Pitt lost, Virginia now jumped back up to sitting in the driver's seat with yep. Pitt, and those guys play each other November 20th. You just have to think if Brennan's hurt, it's just this is not the same team. I don't think there's any question about that. And to your point, Mac, they they ask so much of him with what they ask him to do offensively. It's insane. Now, the good news, the really good news for Virginia is they have a bye week this coming week. Yes. It, you could not ask for better timing. No. <laughs> so hopefully Brennan can get healthy. Then you play Notre Dame, you host him, and then you go to Pittsburgh. So – Brennan better get healthy. Yeah. That's a huge key for UVA. Yeah, I mean, two massive games in a row, and really just finishing the season. You end it with Virginia Tech. I mean, it's a it's a really big November for these guys, and so you you just kind of hope and pray that Brennan's all right and and that he's able to play and do all those things safely. And and if he's not, man, just get you know healthy as quick as you can, buddy. Um, really, just a quick note on the Virginia defense. Mm. That was a do pretty embarrassing to? effort. Yeah, and, and you know what's ironic is that when we were talking about this game, I said, don't worry about defense, who cares? Yeah. Uh, clearly, Virginia took that to heart because uh, those guys – I mean, there was a point, Kelly, I'm watching this, and Tyler Algier is dragging two dudes by the seat of his pants 50 yards. I'm just like, what are y'all doing? It looked like a video game. that He's dragging them 10-plus yards, and I'm just like, tackle him. This is embarrassing. He goes for 266 and five touchdowns. I mean, that was that was terrible. So that's it about Virginia. I didn't want to be super negative, but that was super embarrassing. Well, and I, I think BYU is a good team. 
and you had to go all the way out there. Yes, the they defense. They looked like that. I, there is no, no way no, 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 in no, no, no. Hades, Kelly, I thought that this would happen, that if Virginia scored 49, they would yeah, lose. Yeah, they'd lose. There's no and shot I thought BYU could keep up with that. That's what's so concerning, is that BYU has not scored like this on anyone. And so it tells you a lot about UVA's defense. Right. But there's an argument right now that BYU could win the Pac-12 at this point. I mean, the BYU's good. So it's not the worst loss in the world. You went all the way out there. Now giving up 66 points is incredibly embarrassing. So there is that. But there's a a little silver lining. You didn't lose to a, um, you didn't lose to a nobody there. Yeah, I mean, was the playoff in question? Probably not. So all your goals still in front of you. um, You know, just went out, take care of business, and you'll play in Charlotte. All right, guys, before we jump into the speed round, we want to tell you about our friends over at On3. They come from the founders of Rivals.com and 24-7 Sports. On3 aims to be the college destination for fans who don't just love the game, but love the spectacle that distinguishes college football from other major sports. On3 combines three unique businesses into one company, National News. This has been the year you want to be a part of this. There's so many crazy things happening from coaching changes to this ever-evolving landscape of college football. Upsets galore. There's been like 250 ranked teams lose somehow. It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> fan sites, that's where you're going to get your local presence that capture the passion and the voice of the fans through team-based coverage. There's a couple of new sites coming very quickly. Kelly and I are super excited to be involved with those. NC State is going to be the next uh, ACC site. And then lastly, this is what I'm super jacked up about, the database that's coming. This is going to be the ultimate interactive resource ranging from recruiting profiles, NFL draft info, and everything in between. Listen, these guys are trying to make this a database that coaches can use, players can use, for the transfer report, all these different things. It is going to be so much information you don't want to miss out on. Exactly. And check out our guy, Matt Connolly at ClemsonSports.com. He does an exceptional job. He's got breakdowns galore of what went wrong and sometimes right against Florida State. So you're going to want to check that out. And launching today, Eric McLean, is the NC State fan site. So go check out that site. Go to on3.com and find the details there. We're very excited to be involved and super glad there is another ACC site here in the On3 family. Mac, it's time for our speed round. A lot of games to discuss. Let's talk about Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, Defeats Georgia Tech 26 to 17 in Atlanta. It looks like the Hokies have not given up. They're still playing hard for Fuente. And this kind of reminds me of what's going on with Tyler Van Dyke. Malachi Thomas, a freshman that we basically saw none of at the beginning of the year. Last two games, he's gone for a buck 50 and he went for 103 on 25 carries against Georgia Tech. It's it's that time where maybe you're saying, okay, we're gonna play the future. And it turns out the future is pretty good. And you're seeing that for Virginia Tech. <laughs> no, no question. I mean, th- this was the first time that Virginia Tech looked like what we thought they would. You know, our kind of magic number at the beginning of the season for these guys was 250 passing, 200, 210 rushing. And they went for 254 and 237. And so you finally see that, okay, this is what we expected. This is what we thought you could be. And they did it. So, you, you know, is, is Braxton getting healthier? Is he... You know, just getting a better grasp on the offense. Is Malachi that big of a difference? Probably going for 100 yards. But everybody ran the ball just really effective. And, and, you know, love to see that big offensive line moving guys out of the way. Just really, I mean, this was the first time that I watched Virginia Tech that I was like, okay, that this could be be it. This could be the team that, you know, we think that we're going to get. And then for, 
you know, Georgia Tech just, again, mistakes hurting those guys, what they're able to do, what they're trying to do. You just think that they're so close. And it's just, you know, what is it? Is it another couple of pieces on the offensive line? Is it, you know, a couple more skilled players defensively, you know, getting some bigger bodies in there? And, and I just think they're close. Um, the biggest thing for this game was, does the winner go to the postseason? Do they go to a bowl game? I still think that's in play. And it's probably even more manageable for Virginia Tech than it was Georgia Tech. Those guys have one of the toughest, you know, schedules in the country. And, you know, it's looking like they're going to miss that. But VT has a real shot of going. They do. And it's you got to give Fuente credit if he can keep the locker room together. I still think there's going to be a discussion about his job at the end of the year, but a bowl game is definitely a possibility. Speaking of bowl games, Mac, it's our team, Syracuse. We love this. Come on. We just love them. (laughs) Syracuse beats Boston College 21 to six. BC's offense is is a shell of itself without Dracovic, as we've discussed. But Sean Tucker, 26 carries. 207 and a touchdown. Syracuse didn't pass the ball much, but it just doesn't matter. Their defense just destroyed BC, and Sean Tucker is that dude. Syracuse is now 5-4 and four with a game at Louisville after a bye week after Louisville plays Clemson. Syracuse is going to go to a bowl, y'all, and I need <laughs> all of you to prepare yourselves mentally, physically, and spiritually for what that means. That is right, KG. One of the biggest turnarounds in college football this year, especially the ACC. These guys have just been, they're so fun to watch. We love them. We love watching them play. Sean Tucker is that special. He's a guy that anytime he touches the rock, he can go to the house. And he showed that a couple of times against these guys. Had a long, a 51 run. But just the consistency that you get out of him. Um, you know, Really a special player that, that has emerged as a superstar continues to lead the country. He is still the number one running back in terms of yards in the entire country. It's just fun to watch. And they they have a bona fide superstar in him and a great role player in Garrett Schrader that does enough through the air. Now, he needs to work on that in the po- in the, the offseason. I think <laughs> if they can get that going, I mean, look out for Cuse because they can be really dangerous, especially with how young and how good that defense is. Pretty much all of those guys coming back next year, it's going to be a fun future. I'm calling my shot. I think Syracuse beats Louisville, and they go to a bowl game. So I have no problem with that. And uh, no I'm going to be celebrating like it's whatever. <laughs> you going to go to the bowl game? You should go to the. You should go to the bowl I game. Should. You should travel. I mean, that's what I do. I follow Syracuse wherever they go. I'm actually going to Syracuse very soon for women's basketball stuff. So hey, that's exciting. So I'll, I'll be able go. to celebrate with my Syracuse friends up there. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to call the Syracuse Notre Dame women's game on November 14th, which is the first. ACC game of the year, and it's very random. They're playing one game in November, and that's it. So it counts in the ACC standings. It's very important, but we know nothing about these teams so far. So it'll be fun. All right, Mac, two more games to get to in our speed round. We'll talk about this one very quickly because there's not much to say. The bottom line is the Deeks handled their business. They beat Duke 45-7. to The rushing defense was not an issue for Wake in this game. I was... I didn't give it out as a cover just because I was worried about Mateo Durant and Wake's rushing defense. But they, I mean, he still had 20 carries for 103, but they really didn't let Duke get anything going. And Sam Hartman continues to deal. Yeah, it's been so impressive to see Sam. We we talk about, you know, Devin Leary not getting enough credit. This guy, I mean, my goodness, 400 yards passing, three touchdowns, 61 rushing, two touchdowns. He's one of, I think, five quarterbacks in the ACC ever to have 400-plus yards 
three passing TDs and two rushing TDs. I mean, just an unbelievable accomplishment. By the way, the other two guys on that list, Lamar Jackson, he's pretty good. I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, might be one of the best Ravens players ever by the end of his career. And then, uh, you know, Taj Boyd, just one of the best Clemson quarterbacks of oh. all time. So a uh, really great list for Sam to be a part of there. Uh, super impressive. And, and just this team. I mean, these receivers, A.T. Perry specifically, ha- they're just ballers. And you know it's super unfortunate, KG? I just think in the back of my head, if A.T. Perry and Jaquari Roberson are playing for Alabama, playing for Ohio State, playing for Clemson or Georgia, they're going to be first-round draft picks. There's no question in my mind. And, and just because of this stigma that's around Wake Forest, they probably won't be. Now, maybe they could. Wake Forest has had this you know, recent history of producing really solid wide receivers. But, I mean, I'm talking about national awards if these guys are anywhere else. And so I think that just goes to speak for the disrespect of Wake Forest, and I think they know that. I think they're really internalizing it and taking it to the field. So the biggest thing in this game for me – Defense, that's what I wanted to see. They absolutely delivered pretty much a shutout all game until trash time, you know, where Duke finds a, a way to get in the end zone. But the Deeks, check them out. I, I top 10 team. I think when the, the the real rankings come out, the college football rankings, I think they're even higher than 10. So I'm excited to see this team moving forward. I agree. And they're playing like a team on a mission. This is what you do if you are the best team in the league and you have aspirations even greater than your league championship you beat the bottom feeders 45 to 7. Like, that's what yep. you do. Yes. And so Wake is, is acting like they're for real, and they are for real. Now, they have North Carolina next week, noon game on ABC. Non-conference. In Chapel Hill, a non-conference game, a UNC team that is pretty beat up. Wake's feeling good, but I still think it could be an upset spot just because UNC can score. Let's talk about UNC Notre Dame and finish up the speed round here, Mac. Notre Dame wins 44 to 34. UNC's offense did enough to win this game, 550 yards of total offense, put up 34 points. But that North Carolina defense, it has been one of the most disappointing position groups or, you know, sides of the ball in the country because they, we thought they would be better. We didn't think they'd be great. We thought they'd be better and they have really hurt their team. Yeah. I don't think there's any question about that. And, and disappointment for sure. When, when I was there, when I was on campus, just looking at the body types, I mean, they have guys, and they have young guys. They have big-time recruits, uh, so maybe there's a, a development process that, that will occur there. Maybe it's next year. Um, but, yeah, very, very disappointed in what we're seeing from that side of the ball. Sam Howe you know, had an excellent game, was very efficient, throwing the ball, running the ball, uh, just continuing to be a really bright spot for this team as he has been. Throw, you know, over 100 yards in his, or over 100 touchdowns in his career. What an awesome accomplishment by him, you know, threw for 340, rushed for right under 100 uh, and a couple of touchdowns. But it's just unfortunate to, to see all the expectations that we had from this team uh, and just not being able to uh, to get it done. So can they figure things out? Can they keep and, and go to a decent bowl game? Those chances are getting smaller and smaller with each loss that they pile up. That's true. And when you look at who UNC has left, we talked about they've got Wake Forest. they got to win two more to get to a bowl game. They've got Wake, they've got Pitt, they've got Wofford, they've got NC State. So there's only one guaranteed win there. Yeah, It's pretty unbelievable to think North Carolina could miss a bowl. Mac, before we get out of here, because you and I both have busy weeks, you have a crazy week this week, um, and you need to remind people what time your game is on this week. But I'm curious, which game of this slate this weekend, we had eight ACC games, which game 
to you was the most enjoyable to watch? Uh, well, it's not really a hard one for me. Uh, anytime we get a B floor state, that's a, uh, that's a great day. <laughs> okay. But take that one I out. Take, take that one out. Um, that Miami pit game was, it was just fun. And, and, you know, you clearly wanted one team to, to be able to push the Heisman and push potential playoff and ACC championship. But Miami's just rolling right now and they're playing really good football. And that was just such a fun back and forth emotional game uh, that, that when you're really not super invested with either team, it was, it was a great game. So to me, that one was, was just a ton of fun to watch. I agree. I really enjoyed that one. Um, to be honest, I was at the Clemson game and didn't really enjoy it. It was pretty brutal. <laughs> I mean, there were moments that you enjoy, but you know, you've got it. You still got to enjoy watching football, even if you're stressed. I would say the other one I really enjoyed watching, flipping between that one and NC State Louisville and Ohio yes. State Penn State, North Carolina Notre Dame was a fun game. Kyron Williams Woo. is a monster. Yeah. Notre Dame, their stadium was packed out. It's fun to see what on earth Notre Dame's doing with their quarterbacks this week and how they're using them. And Sam Howell was was playing well. So it, that was a really fun college football game to watch, too. It, it, it was a great battle. Kyron played really, really well. That offensive line for Notre Dame, they're figuring it out. These last two weeks, three weeks, uh, they're a different team. And it, and it might even have started at Virginia Tech because we had seen them give up all kinds of sacks, all kinds of pressure. And then they put an end to it against Virginia Tech. And really, since that game, uh, Notre Dame playing really, really well. So, as always, guys, it was a fantastic week of college football. It's going to even be a better one this next one. I can't wait to see it. When is your game this week? Remind the people oh, when they you, can you watch a, Eric McLean yeah, on the telly. Tell you a little bit about the schedule. Guys, it's going to be a nuts college football schedule. So, I am calling the Western Michigan versus Central Michigan game on ESPNU Wednesday night. I believe it's 7 o'clock, 7.30. Uh, so check that out. It's going to be a ton of fun. The next day, I'll be on College Football Live, ESPN 2, 4.30. The next day, I'll be co-hosting with Packer back in the basement, Packer and Durham, a little Pack and Mac action. Uh, and then the next, I'm just kidding, the next day after that, uh, we'll be up in Bristol and we'll be getting after it all weekend long. So this is going to be a really fun week, uh, KG, all over the place. No doubt. And I only have one thing, so I'm not in Max <laughs> Ballpark, but our Women's Hoops season preview show will air, I believe Let's it go. is Tuesday night at 8 o'clock Eastern. So would love for y'all to tune in for that. It's going to be an awesome season for Women's Hoops. It's just going to be a great year. And basketball season starts a week from Tuesday. Crazy. Eric McLean, Crazy. Prepare yourself. And the women start off with a bang, right? Carolina and uh, NC, NC State, State. South Carolina. I mean, that's Tuesday, like a national championship. Night. It's like a natty. It's going to be lit. <laughs> I'm excited. I can't wait. Well, both of us about to get super busy, which that just that's a good thing. I promise you guys. We love what we do. You know what I'm about to do tonight, though, Matt? What you doing? I have my Bloody Mary mix from Seaside, and I am about to make some chili. Are you? So I'll let you all know how it goes. Come on. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. I'm about to make some right. chili. We have some leftover brisket from the tailgate, so oh, I'm going to put that in man. the chili. That sounds so oh, good. Yeah. I just started drooling over here as I have to close out a podcast. Guys, Kelly's <laughs> going to make some chili. I'm going to think about that chili and not going to have any. Uh, if you haven't already, go over to iTunes, follow our podcast, drop us a little five-star rating, or write us a review. We would greatly appreciate that. Always fun to hear from you guys. But until next time, we'll see you all. 